When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hey, we got a Sherwood Park kid ready to go on Thursday night football in the NFL. Chuba Hubbard and the Carolina Panthers will be taking on the Houston Texans. Chubbard with uh, a bit of action so far. A few touches behind McCaffrey out of the Panthers' backfield, so we'll keep you updated on that game. Blue Jays in action tonight as they are trying to push back into a playoff spot, they are now uh, behind both Boston and the Yankees for the two wildcard spots. Boston is two games up on the Yankees. Blue Jays a half game behind them. one nothing. Toronto leading Minnesota. That one is into the top of the second. The Edmonton Elks on their bye week. They will play Maverick Thursday. needs a heart echo done. In Ottawa against the Red Blacks. He's heartbroken. That game will be Her on Kissing Country 103.9 because that night we also uh, have an Oilers preseason game going on. That game will be on 6.30. Chet, don't forget the Oilers' first preseason game for this year is coming right up on Sunday. 5.30 face-off show. And the game will start at 7 as they visit the Calgary Flames. Hey, Reed Wilkins with you. Good to have you tuning in tonight. You can always check in on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. You can email me, inside sports at 630ched.com, and you can follow my Twitter account at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. A lot of storylines to get to today for the Edmonton Oilers as they were on the ice for the first time at training camp. It was the medicals and the physicals yesterday. Today they had two on-ice sessions. I will give you the line combinations for the, the top 15 forwards, basically, how they looked. Uh, I mean, obviously there are over 50 players in camp, so there were more lines than just these five, but these are basically the top 15 forwards that skated today. It was indeed Connor McDavid centering Zach Hyman and Yessi Pugliarvi. Yamamoto gets that spot with Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's your top six. Though those lines were actually in separate groups, and there uh, will be a scrimmage tomorrow. So maybe we'll see Dreisaitl and McDavid going head to head. Not sure how they're going to divide up the teams. Newcomer Derek Ryan centered newcomer Warren Fogle and returning player Zach Cassian. And Devin Shore was at center between Brendan Perlini and Kyle Turris. Kind of an interesting combination there. And then I guess you want to call them the fifth line. It was uh, the line last year that was awesome in the American Hockey League. Ryan McLeod eventually earned a call-up to the Oilers for late in the season. Ryan McLeod was between Tyler Benson and Cooper Marodi. Josh Archibald was not on the ice, and we'll explain what's going on there in a few minutes. But I want to start on the back end today. And uh, we know that Duncan Keith is uh, now a member of the Edmonton Oilers, though we will not see him on the ice until next Friday. He's quarantining after coming back from the United States. Chris Russell's a little bit banged up. He's not on the ice to start camp. So the way they rolled out the defense today, and, and again, of course, this is going to fluctuate throughout camp, but the, the top guys, Nurse and Barry, were uh, together. You had uh, Cuckoo and Bouchard together and you had Cody Cece and William Lagason together so those would be your top six defensemen here to start camp here's Dave Tippett the head coach of the team with a look at the blue line 
it's a work in progress because we've changed some people. You know, you, you've changed. CC's kind of gone into Larson's spot there, so we got to see how that see how that goes. Lars was a good player for us. I expect CC to be a good player for us. Uh, Duncan's going to miss a few days here, but you know it'll be interesting. He's got to get back and get up and going here, and he's very motivated to do that. We'll see where it gets to. Um, you know, there's some competition for that final left spot over there. There's uh, Chris Russell's there, Cuckoo's there, Lagason's there. Um, Broberg's a young guy that's going to push, so there's some competition on, on that side. On the other side, I, I think, you know, you got, hey, everybody wants Duncan Keith to do well, CeCe to do well. I think the key to our blue line this year is Evan Bouchard. I think he's going to be a real good play for, player for us. I think he'll continue to improve. And um, to me, he's the X factor for our blue line to, to come out and say, okay, I think we're going to be better. So that's a pretty strong comment that uh, Evan Bouchard is the X factor on the back end. Some high hopes for Evan Bouchard this season. Now, you know the story. First round draft pick for the Oilers, 10th overall back in 2018. Started that year when Todd McClellan was the head coach with the Oilers. Played seven games before he was sent back to the London Knights. Scored his first NHL goal against the Washington Capitals. Bakersfield for uh, a couple of years. Well, I guess for the playoffs in 1819, then the regular season in 1920. Started last year in Sweden as the NHL was paused because of the pandemic in the fall. And then he came to uh, to the Edmonton Oilers. And he was an Oiler all of last season for the 56-game season plus the four playoff games. And he only played 14 games. Now, was that a missed opportunity to give Bouchard more action? Should have he just been with Bakersfield the whole time? You know, obviously hard to send guys up and down because of the border issue that we've been dealing with for the last year and a half. When Bouchard did play, did okay. Was able to pick up a couple of goals and five points. I think still learning his way around the ice when it comes to defensive play and physicality. Clearly, though, there is somebody there who can handle the puck, who can pass the puck, and who can shoot the puck, and likely to be the Oilers' number one power play guy eventually. Tyson Berry is there right now. Dave Tippett with a little more on Bouchard. I mean, he uh, he went over in Europe, played half a year, continued to play, continued to grow, mature as a, as a player, came back, and he probably didn't play as much as he'd like to play, but... Every day he was working with our group. He's he's engaged with our group. Our leadership embraces him. He got to spend a lot of time with Jim Playfair, a lot of extra time in practice. And uh, you know, you're just he's in every meeting. He's he's understanding what we're doing as a as a team. This year, the difference that I see him. He's gone from being a young player to he looks like a man now. He showed up this year. His maturity, the way he carries himself, his fitness levels are excellent. I mean, he just, he, he carries himself like an NHL player now, and we're going to give him a great opportunity. We need him to be take a step forward for us, and I have full confidence that he's going to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, the Oilers are putting a lot on Bouchard, who, and I talked about this last week, that some of the uh, younger players on the Oilers aren't that young anymore. Certainly the core group of players, Nurse Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, in their mid or even getting into their late 20s now, if you look at Nugent Hopkins, I mean, Nugent Hopkins is going into his 11th season in the NHL. And Bouchard and McLeod are, uh, you know, basically going to be 22 for the large majority 
of the upcoming season. So, you know, once we get into November, the Oilers won't have anybody 21 or younger on the roster if it plays out as, as we think it's going to play out. And barring a whole bunch of injuries, it, it should play out that way. I asked Bouchard when he when he spoke today after practice, how do you look at last season? You know, was it, do you look at it as missed opportunities? Or how, what did you make of what happened last year? You kind of really have to take it as a learning experience. Um, you know, I was here, got to practice with the guys, play some games. You really see the uh, work ethic. Um, and, uh, you know, I really take it as positive. You see uh, the hard work and stuff that goes into it. And you want to make sure uh, you're not in that position again. So uh worked hard this summer and uh, just trying to find my way in the lineup. All right. Well, I, I think Bouchard didn't have much choice to take that approach last year. I'm sure he would have loved to play more. I, I know talking with many of you throughout the course of last season, some of you would have liked to see him play a little bit more. For the most part, the Oilers, I mean, sure, the, the first 10 or 11 games weren't that great. They kind of got rolling after that, didn't tinker with the lineup too much. Uh uh, you know, Bouchard was in for a couple of those games against the Leafs where they only scored one goal on, on home ice. I, so, you know, maybe that affected how he was looked at a little bit. But clearly, I mean, Ken Holland has, has referenced it. Dave Tippett has brought it up. They see him as being on the team and they see him as being a very important player. Tippett made some interesting comments that he, he carries himself like an NHL player. Now, the professionalism, the poise, the work ethic, all those types of things has uh, have improved since he got drafted. And Tippett also made this very interesting comment today about Bouchard looking to be challenged as camp got underway. You know what the good indicator is? Is if you saw that today, like that line is, you got Connor McDavid, arguably the best player in the world. You got two power forwards who are very, very good power forwards. The thing that I liked about that is Cuckoo and Bouchard, every drill, every battle drill they went into, they wanted to go against them, everyone. And if I'm Bush, a young player like that, hey, might as well go against the best, right? So it speaks volumes about them, you know, and Bush did well today, so that's, that's a good sign. Well, yeah, and one of those things coaches are going to look for in practice, are, are you leading drills? Are you putting yourself in the most challenging situations? Do you want to go head-to-head against the best players on the roster? And in, in Edmonton's case, a couple of the best players in the league. Bouchard was in that group with uh, Connor McDavid's line, as that, and as he said, he and Cuckoo often taking the lead to go against them. So interesting stuff. Uh, high expectations for Bouchard. They, they are really using strong, definite language about what they see from this player. So hopefully he's going to live up to those expectations. I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to call him an X factor like Dave Tippett did, but you know, clearly they need him to perform. I, I, you have Barry in the one slot on the right side. We, we know who Tyson Barry is. I, I, I think at this point he's going to get points. He's going to help the power play. Um, you know, I think he'll do okay. Five on five. Cody Cece's brought in to play more of a shutdown role, which, you know, apparently he did fairly well last year at Pittsburgh, so hopefully he can embrace that. What are they going to need from Bouchard? Well, I, I guess probably a little bit of everything. I, like He's not going to be the main guy driving the offense from the back end. I think that's still going to be uh, Tyson Berry. I think Tyson Berry is still going to be the number one point man on the power play. So is Bouchard going to be stronger in other areas like puck retrieval, stopping the cycle, making a smart play to get the puck out of the zone. All little things that we're going to evaluate here as we move on. All right, uh, what's the latest on Josh Archibald? We'll get to that when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet.
Tuesday uh, NFL game just underway. It is Carolina taking on Houston, opening kickoff. Carolina is going to have the ball here after the ever-exciting touchback. If you ever want to spend some time with an irritated human being, watch the National Football League with my father. I, I don't know under what circumstance you would do that. Maybe we can give away time with my dad like we give away canned hams. I don't know. But my dad... You just cannot stand how many touchbacks there are in kickoffs in the National Football League. Of course, they've you know the kickoff is up to the 35, and if you don't return it out of the end zone, you get it on the 25 instead of the 20. They really don't want kick returns because of you know the player safety stuff. And my dad is like to heck with player safety. He wants to see a run back. He doesn't want to see, and, and I think he's especially bothered that the, the ball goes into the end zone. The returner will just leave it as soon as it touches the ground in the end zone or goes out the back the play is over like my dad will be audibly disgusted multiple times throughout the course of an nfl game whenever this happens anyway a little bit of a side note there for you uh well here's a side note uh, on top of a side note i i you know as you might expect most of my uh most of the accounts i follow on twitter are sports related or edmonton related edmonton news edmonton events edmonton restaurants things like that so I, I was surprised to see the great number of people today complaining about Super Mario. Kellen, did you see this? I have. Not. I was like, sorry. Why I are why are people upset about Super Mario, who I know is a video game character? Mm-hmm. Apparently, so I I, I kind of looked at this and I texted a friend of mine who's much younger and hipper than I am, and I said, "What is going on with Super Mario?" It turns out there's a uh, a movie coming out. I guess Mario, uh, coming out next December. Okay. And people are upset that Chris Pratt is going to be the voice of Mario. It's going to have Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, Charlie Mm -hmm. Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. (laughs) Who Cranky Kong is. You're laughing. You must know who that is. That's uh, DK's, I think, grandfather? Sure. It's Great. an older parent, I guess. So anyway, people are upset that Chris Pratt, who I know as Star-Lord, wasn't he in one of those other movies, Modern Community or Plugged In Family, The Office Family or something like that? Something like that. One of those TV shows. Anyway, uh, so people are upset. Well, you know what? As, as we know from social media, there is no shortage of uh, anger and outrage about a lot of different things, uh, regardless of what's going on in the world, quite, quite frankly. Anyway. Uh, we got Rob Brown coming up. We'll, we'll get this a couple clips surrounding Josh Archibald as we move along throughout the show tonight. But the bottom line is Josh Archibald did not skate today. As, uh, as you know, from what Ken Holland revealed on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer yesterday, Josh Archibald is the one unvaccinated player on, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. The reason he did not skate today, according to Dave Tippett was that he came out of quarantine. He just came out of a 14 day quarantine. So because of that, not quite. Uh, up to speed to hop on the ice he did skate uh ahead of the two groups today on his own and uh will i guess uh, eventually join the team so join the main practice groups once he uh, gets rolling a little bit more so that is the story there all right rob brown is coming up to discuss some training camp storylines for your edmonton oilers we'll also get an update on the alberta junior hockey league they had to uh, adjust some of their plans for the start of their season another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Once uh, there were the uh, different restrictions and regulations announced last week, Ryan Bartoshik is going to join us later on, the commissioner of the league. Thanks for tuning in. Back after the news and weather. Twins 1-0. That is in the top of the third. The Thursday nighter in the National Football League. No score about five and a half minutes into the game between 2-0 Carolina and 1-1 Houston. We'll keep you updated on that one. We have a hockey game on these airwaves coming up on Sunday night, 5.30 for the face-off show, 7 o'clock for the game. Cam Moon's going to have the call. Bob Stoffer will be there, of course. It is Edmonton at Calgary, the first of eight preseason games for your Edmonton Oilers. Uh, going to be fun getting back into the swing of things. One player, of course, under a lot of scrutiny. Everybody's watching him. Everybody has high hopes. Zach Hyman, who indeed today was on a line with Connor McDavid. Yes, he pulled the Yarvi, was the other winger. Dave Tippett impressed with Hyman so far. Real solid guy. Like he's a he's a vocal guy. He's he's uh, he'd be one of those guys. If you've been around a dressing room a long time, he's one of those guys. He's just a really good guy. He works hard. Everything he talks about, he he does. It's not just all talk. He he does it. He carries himself the right way. Um, you know, I don't know. He just it's it seems like it's just been seamless. He's come in here and fit in. It's like he's been around for a long time. So. Uh, I spent a bunch of time with him, had dinner with him the other night. He's, uh, he's a very engaging guy. He's, uh, he wants to be here, wants to help this team become a, uh, a top team. And he carries himself and plays like that on the ice every day. And as a coach, when you get a player like that in your room, boy, it's awful nice to have. Okay. Good praise there from Dave Tippett. And, and I think Zach Hyman more or less coming as advertised so far. I don't think he uh, Tippett said too much there that would shock you based on what we've heard coming out of people who covered him in Toronto and clearly the play that we saw him demonstrate when he was a member of the Maple Leafs as we welcome our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown, back to Inside Sports. Rob, how are you doing? Doing very good tonight. Reed, how are you? Well, I've got to tell you something because uh, you, you and I, the last eight years together, uh, watching Oilers games and uh, our, our banter when the mics aren't on is uh, to me more entertaining than when our mics are on. But you know the one phrase I always latch on to when I hear anybody say he's good in the room, a player is good in the room, which is basically what Dave Tippett said there about Zach Hyman. I always say, yeah, but is he any good on the ice? <laughs> no, at least with <laughs> Hyman, <laughs> at least with Hyman, we're pretty sure it's both. <laughs> well, he's a guy that when, when the Oilers played against the Leafs, you noticed him each and every night. And I know that the Leafs got some superstars, and they got some of the best in the world. When you think of Matthews and Marner and Riley on the back end and John Tavares. But we, a lot of the games that we saw that the two teams played, There'd be a night that Matthews was quiet, or Marner was, or John Tavares. Not often, but there'd be nights where at the end of the game, you know, I expected more out of those guys. We didn't get to see them a whole lot. 
So when they came that once a year, you think, oh, you know, I'm a little disappointed because I, I was expecting this big night out of Marner, or one of those players. But the one player that we never were disappointed with at the end of the night was, was Hyman. We always said, oh, that guy's good. That guy does all the little things. He's noticeable every shift in a good way. And he's noticeable in both ends of the ring and driving the net and penalty killing and getting pucks in deep and just doing all the little things. And there was an appreciation from afar from us watching him that when the rumors started flying that, you know, he may be coming to Edmonton, there was an excitement because the, the, the Oilers have got some incredible top-end talent. And there's so many things that they do well, but there's always been things that have been missing. And we've really noticed it come crunch time and big games and certainly in the playoffs. And that's a player that plays the way that Hyman plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've had players in the past that can bring energy. We've had guys that can be physical, guys that can be defensive, guys that could uh, give you sparks. But none of those guys have been guys that can play in your top six or in your top line. And that's what Hyman's capable of doing. He gives you all the intangibles, and you can also play him 18 to 22 minutes a night in all situations. So that's why it's so exciting to have a player of his stature in the fold for, for a number of years. And he gives the Oilers the opportunity to make two great lines. And that's something the Oilers have missed for a number of years. Yeah, well, exactly. And you made a great point. Uh, you made a great point when one of the, I mean, they lost all four playoff games, unfortunately, but I can't remember if it was after game three or game four. I think it was one of those two. And, I, you know, brought up one of the talking points that I often brought up and I said, you know, the Oilers kind of have two fourth lines. And then you said, well, I'm not sure if some nights they even have, have a second line. So now hopefully they're at least going to have a true top six and then and then we'll see how the other things balance out. Another thing that Dave Tivitt mentioned that caught my ear, he said he had dinner with uh, Zach Hyman. How often in your NHL career did you have <laughs> dinner with a coach? And I, and I don't know if that was maybe a group setting or there was a, a few guys there or that was a welcome to Edmonton type situation. But did you ever have dinner with your head coach in the NHL? It's funny, as I listen to that bit there, too, that's the first thing that I thought of, too. I'm like, whoa, uh, good on him. Uh, I, I, I don't remember ever in my National Hockey League career having dinner with, with a coach or having lunch or having a coffee. I do know that uh, in the minors, a couple of times I was, I don't know, wooed by a couple of franchises. And at that point, I got to go out, the general manager and the, the coach, and we go out. And you feel important, and you feel as if that organization wants you and appreciates you. And as much as a lot of the guys in the National Hockey League are stars, are human, and when you get that, you know, little extra bit of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, where, the, where they feel that you, we want you to be part of this, we want you to be part of our family, it makes you feel good inside. And... Uh, it strokes the ego a bit. So, yeah, I, I, I've never in the National Hockey League had dinner with a coach, but I could tell you it would have left a pretty good impression had that happened. And I think what you're seeing nowadays, though, is a completely different style of coaching for players. Uh, they're more part of the discussion than they ever were in my years. It was, here, you're doing this, and if you don't like it, we'll find someone else that can do it. Now there's a discussion. Okay, here's what we want to do. How can we make it so that we can get the most out of you in a team atmosphere? Let's discuss these things. And I think that's what you saw when a coach takes out a player and says, all right, welcome to the franchise. And 
how are we going to get the most out of you? I'm just impressed you were wooed. Like, that sounds pretty intense. <laughs> Did you order whatever you wanted? They were paying. Uh, they had, oh, you kidding me? I ordered a bottle of wine, and I didn't even drink wine, just so I could say, <laughs> yeah, he bought me a bottle of wine. <laughs> just, just to make sure they were serious about the wooing. Yeah, because if they were, because if the, if the, uh, you know, the constant, what's the wine guy? The sommelier was like, would you like to see the wine list, Mr. Brown? And the coach stepped in and was like, no, 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 we're, we're good. Then maybe, you know, <laughs> how serious can they be if you won't let exactly. you? When, when you're only allowed to order the domestic beer, you know, okay, <laughs> He's got three other dinners lined up tonight, and we're seeing I'm just a, an option for him. But when I got to see the wine list, I was at the top of his chart. So, yeah. I, but I tell you, that is pretty cool that uh, that they took it, did that, and talked about it. But it, it, it is a different NHL than it was when I played, and that's probably why the you're seeing some of the incredible plays. The, the players have more in say what in what happens both on and off the ice. Well, I think I think especially the the core guys and the, and the highly paid guys, and I know maybe Hyman isn't um, part of that core that's been here for a few years, but given the role he's going to be expected to play, I think he's going to be an important voice in the locker room for sure. Rob Brown joining us tonight on Inside Sports, talking about Oilers training camp, getting you ready for that first preseason game coming up Sunday night against the Calgary Flames. I mean, we were pretty sure it was going to happen. In your mind, how important is it that Yamamoto's here? He's not missing any time. And I'll kind of just weave this into a comment you can follow up on as well. Your thoughts on him getting put with Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins initially? Because I was wondering if if they might look at some other players in that spot too. Well, I, I don't think it's as big a deal having him sign for the team as I do think it's a huge deal for him to be here right at the beginning of camp. And it goes into what you just said about him being put on that line with, with Leon. There's probably seven players in the National Hockey League, if you're a winger, you want to play with and would die for the opportunity. Two of them are on the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and they might be the top two in the National Hockey League to play with. So if you're a, a Yamamoto and you're sitting out trying to get a few more dollars or an extra year on the contract, and you miss out on the opportunity. If the training camp started today and Yamal wasn't here, they'd have to find someone else to put in that spot. Leon Dreisaitl can make players look good. He's got that ability. He, he, he's as good a passer as anyone in the National Hockey League. So all of a sudden, if someone has taken that spot before Yamal gets here and has success, maybe they don't need Yamamoto. Maybe the team realizes, oh, you know what? Calcium's a better fit. Fogel's a better fit. Benson's a better fit. Whoever you may, may throw there. And you get forgotten. So I think for, for Yamamoto, it was vital. He was here from, for the beginning of training camp, and he claims that spot. Now, it can change whatever, a week from now to a month, whatever, depending on how Yamamoto plays. But you want the first opportunity. You do not want to lose that chance because you were in a contract dispute, because you come back not up to speed because the other players have had a training camp before you. So the Oilers were going to be fine with or without Yamamoto in the lineup. But Yamamoto needed to be here from day one, and it's important that he is. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a really good way to put it. And and you've often talked about that competition for jobs. Now, this is an interesting Oilers training camp. And somebody texted the show the other night and said, "Read 
look, we know how this is going to play out. We know who's in the NHL. We know who's in the AHL. We know who's going back to junior. And I, I said, fair enough. Uh, you know, barring some extreme injuries, fair enough. Um, you know, I don't think Philip Broberg's going to be in the NHL quite yet. You mentioned Tyler Benson. You know, he might push for a spot, but I, I still think, you know, they brought in, you know, Brendan Perlini and Colton Sevier on a, on a PTO to take a bottom six spot um, and, and things like that. Um, but still, you know, you don't, you don't want to open the door for, for, for anybody uh, along the way, right? Because sometimes once you go away, uh, you don't come back. You don't come back, depending. You know, if you're not one of the top six or seven players on the team. Uh, outside, and you're right. And I don't even know if it's the top six or seven. Outside the top four or five on most NHL teams, the rest of the players are usually year to year, or they're desperate for a good season to get another season. Most players don't live with the eight-year contract. Those ones that you read about in the paper, they are few and far between. So, guys, uh, a training camp for me, when I look at a training camp, the, the NHL team, the coaching staff, the general manager, they have a lineup set. What they feel is going to be their lineup on day one of the, the regular season. Now, someone's going to have to shock them to change that. But injuries happen. I got I played in Pittsburgh my very first season. I missed, I don't know what it was, the first couple of se- uh, games of the year. A guy named Bob Airy broke his wrist. And I got a chance to play. I scored two goals, and I was in the lineup and started my NHL career. I wasn't supposed to be there at the start of the season. A player got injured. A couple of years ago, Ethan Bear, I don't think anyone had him penciled in to start with the Edmonton Oilers. Injuries happen. He gets that spot. So that's, that's why training camp is so important for these players to come in. And guys that aren't... Uh, Make, that don't make the team to start the season, you want to be the guy that is the first call-up. You want to leave an impression if I get sent down to the minors and something doesn't go right, I'm the guy they're bringing back up because if I get my chance at that point, maybe that's when I stick. So most most fans are right. The teams, the, the, I, I remember going to Pittsburgh and, and the general manager walked in my very first year and he said, you know what, all jobs, all spots are open on this team Nobody is safe. And we have Mary oh, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right, even. And we're sitting yeah. in the First slide center's like, available. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're giggling. Okay, you know what? I'd like number 66, too, please. Can I get that jersey? <laughs> Things work out for me. So it, it's not true. They, they, they know who is going to be there. But injuries do happen. And, and we, well, COVID happens. There's other things now in play, too, as, we, as it's been written over the last couple of days. So there's unexpected uh, issues that arise and because of that you have a training camp and you come in as a nobody you impress and that somehow can turn into a national hockey league opportunity and a national hockey league career okay before i go i love to put you on the spot with a story um worst training camp drill you ever had to endure or a coach that just took it too far in terms of bag skating or physicality in a drill where you were thinking like, can we save some energy for when the games count here, bud? <laughs> well, any, any practice I've ever had with Mike Keenan, but I, know, I don't remember at training camp. I do remember in Pittsburgh though, they used to have a, a rule in place. You can only be, I don't know if it might still, you can only be on the, the ice for so long in training camp. And then you have to leave the ice. And I remember we were in the middle of a drill and Mario Lemieux and Paul Coffey both had watches on, and they had they kept looking at their watch, and they looked down. All right, one o'clock, and practice is over. Like right in the middle of the drill, 
and Mario skated off, and then Paul Coffey skated, skated off, and the rest of us are like, okay, what is going on? Like, they just left in the middle of this drill, and the coach looked around, like, all right, practice is over, and the rest of the team went off. So uh, that was funny. And then the, uh, one of the scariest things I've ever been in a training camp is we used to have the scrimmages where you would play against each other, and we had a guy named Jimmy Mann who was tough. And he got into a fight in the scrimmage. And then back then, if you get into a fight, you get kicked out because you're just fighting your own teammate. He got into a fight. He got kicked out. And on his way out, Jimmy Mann was on the white team. On his way out, he sucker punched a guy on the white team and knocked him out cold as he was leaving the ice. So a guy on his own scrimmage team who just happened to be standing on his way, he suckered him. So he beat up two guys, one on each team in a scrimmage. Well, at least he was for equal opportunity, I suppose. <laughs> I stayed far away from Jimmy Mann the rest of that training camp. <laughs> hey, Rob, always appreciate the insight, man. Uh, looking forward to doing another year of games with you. I will see you on Sunday. Thanks for checking in, buddy. Sounds good, Reed. Take care. That is Rob Brown, the uh, former Pittsburgh Penguin. He has a lot of stories from those days and his other stops in pro hockey as well as we uh, set up that first one coming up Sunday, the Oilers and the Flames. Back after this timeout. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Great to have Rob Brown on the show. And, of course, you'll be hearing a lot from him throughout the Oilers season. 5.30 face-off show on Sunday. The game starts at 7. Oilers at Flames. The Oilers will have a scrimmage tomorrow, so the two groups of players will practice at the same time. One of them at Rogers Place, the other group on the downtown community arena, and then they will convene at Rogers Place for a scrimmage that's scheduled to last about an hour starting at 11 a.m. I mentioned Josh Archibald not on the ice today after it was revealed yesterday. He is the Oilers' one unvaccinated player. Here is an update with Tippett and McDavid. He just came out of a 14-day quarantine with no skating, no nothing, so he's uh, until he can get up to speed with where the group is, he won't be with the main group. Well, it's it's early in the process here, so let's let's let it work out before we say he's going to miss 30 games. Or gonna, I mean, it's 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 early. He can, I shouldn't say it's early, but it's there's still some time for him. It's some people, it's a it's a hard choice for him. And we had some guys that uh, they've thought about it a long time. It's not just that this doesn't creep up on them. They've thought about it a long time. That people have different. Uh, different things that they they're concerned about with it and you have to respect that concern with that being said that's that's uh you know vaccinations become kind of part of the world here right now so it's but we'll we'll uh you know he's still here he skated on his own this morning uh we'll see we'll get him up to speed and then uh you know as uh, as an organization you have to kind of figure out where it's going to go you know what the vaccine has become such a political thing and it's become such a, you know, it's, it's, it's something a lot more than just a vaccine at this point. So, you know, obviously we want to do our best to, to protect one another, but ultimately it's, uh, it's everyone's choice to, uh, to take it or not. You know, everyone's responsible and, and uh, you know, has a choice of, and in control of their own body. And if someone feels the need not to get it or doesn't want to get it, that's their choice. And, and, and we move on and, and, uh, and do what we can uh, you know, to, to still keep everybody safe and to still put the best team on the ice. 
All right, comments there from Tippett and Connor McDavid. A little bit more on the Oilers as we uh, move along. And Ryan Bartoshek, the commissioner of the Alberta Junior Hockey League, how are they going to get through this season? All ahead. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.